watching and worshiping and that the anointing, the power of God, the presence of God is right there where you are. Now, we take communion every single Sunday together. As long as this pandemic is going on, we're going to receive communion every single Sunday just because we know the power of the blood and it reminds us and stirs us up of the covenant that we have with God. So if you haven't prepared your communion already, then go ahead and place it on pause. Go go get it prepared and then come back and press play and you'll be able to pick up right where you left off. So be prepared for that. Are you ready to praise God? Listen, move the coffee table out of the way. I don't care if you're still in your pajamas. Get everybody in the room to stand up just like if you were at church. Let's honor the presence of God. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So he's right there where you are. So come on and stand up and clap your hands. Stretch and lift your hands and praise him with all your heart. You know, the Bible says that we should love him with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind and all our strength. So this morning, let's get our praise on. Amen. Y'all ready? Come on, let's do this. (laughs) Woo! Come on, acceleration. Let's get that praise and worship mindset this morning. Here we go.
King of kings, Lord of lords, hallelujah. You give life, and you are love, and you bring light to the darkness. You give hope, and you restore every heart that is broken. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. Great, great are you,
before you this morning and say I love you with all my heart Lord Lord we love you we bless your holy name and we worship you for you're worthy of our praise Lord you're so worthy you are the alpha and you are the omega you are the beginning and you are the end the first and the last the one who was who is and is to come you're the great I am there's nobody like you Lord 
You're a mighty God. You're an everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, King of Kings. Nobody like our God. We lift up your name, your holy name. Your name is a strong tower. The righteous run in and are safe. So we thank you, Lord, for the safety of your name. We thank you for the power of your name today. That the name of Jesus is above every other name. And at that name, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Lord, we bless your holy name. You are the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You are the Lion of the tribe of Judah. You're the Lily in every valley. You're the bread of life. You're the water of the word. Thank you, Lord. There's nobody like our God. You are Jehovah, the self-existent eternal God who's revealing himself. Thank you, Lord, that you are El Shaddai this morning. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Shalom. You are our peace in the midst of the storm. You're the Prince of Peace. Thank you, Lord, for being the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Your name is above every name. Every other name, Jesus. Your name is like fragrance and ointment poured forth. So we speak the name of Jesus this morning. We speak the name of Jesus. 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 Something about that name. Jesus. Oh, how we love you this morning. Oh, how we love you this morning. How grateful we are. Oh, Lord, how grateful we are for your goodness today. We're grateful for your mercy today, for your promises, for your loving kindness, for your tender mercies. We're grateful for the precious Holy Spirit this morning. Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Yes, like the fragrance after the rain. situations we speak the 
providing power of God over our lives. We thank you for the name of Jesus. We declare COVID-19 bow your knee. We command coronavirus stand down. At the name of Jesus, you will bow your knee. At the name of Jesus, we give you exit and command you to leave the earth realm. You will leave the earth realm. We speak death to the very root of coronavirus. We bind it up. We call an end to this thing now in the name of Jesus. People being sequestered in their homes. We call an end to it, Lord. We declare a resurrection is in the land. That we're able to go out again. Father, we declare you said whatever we bind on earth is bound in the heavenlies. And whatsoever we loose on earth is loosed in the heavenlies. So we bind the power of the enemy in Jesus' name. We bind the power of coronavirus. We bind every power of Satan now. You've given us authority. We, we put you under our feet now in the name of Jesus. Father, we have authority. You said, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over all, all, all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. So we put COVID-19 under our feet. And we send you back to hell in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the healing power of Jesus Christ to come and heal people in hospitals all over. Lord, the world will have to say, God did it. No one will get your glory. No vaccine, no person, no governor, no president, no prime minister, nobody, no health organization. Nobody will get your glory. But Lord God, we declare, manifest your glory. We know that you're able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we ask, think, dream, or imagine. So we cast it over on you, Lord God, for you care for us. So we declare that we are released, that we're released. We declare that, that prosperity is in the land again. We call an end to the economic pressure and issues. We declare no recession, no depression. Lord, we declare that we are coming up financially. That, Lord, there's breakthrough in this for us. There's breakthrough in it for us. We declare breakthrough in Jesus' name. For all things work together for good for them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. So we look for the good, Lord. We set our eyes on the joy that is before us. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, let's receive communion. If you've already prepared at home, go ahead and, and uh, get the little piece of bread or tortilla or whatever, cornbread, whatever you got. Just get it ready and hold on to it and let's focus on the, the body of Christ, which was given for us. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So right now, Jesus will remember your body that was broken and bruised and bloody for us. So that we could could be blessed, so that we could be healed, so that we could be whole, be made whole. Spirit, soul, and body. Thank you, Father God. We speak wholeness over our emotions, over our minds, over our hearts, over our bodies. We speak wholeness and healing over absolutely every area of our lives, God. We thank you. It is your will, and we receive it now in Jesus' name. Go ahead and receive the bread. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We just declare healing and wholeness over anybody who's having a, a, a health challenge or anybody who's having any kind of a problem now in their body, their mind, their spirit, depression, anxiety, any of that. We declare healing and wholeness in the name of Jesus. 
And then after supper, he also took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant yes. in my blood. We have a covenant right to be children of God, to be forgiven for our sins and to live an everlasting life with him. This week I was um, uh, watched a funeral for Pastor Bridget's sister online, Whitress Mitchell. And, uh, you know, I just began to focus and think, you know, like I said last Sunday, the investment just got greater on the other side. I didn't know when I said that last week that right after church I'd get home and get the notice that she'd gone home to be with the Lord. And the investment is greater on the other side. And I thought of all the people that she went home to. It's almost like anybody I've ever heard that has had a near-death experience was very mad that they had to come back. Because once you get a a look at heaven and you get a look at your loved ones who've already passed and you're so glad to see them again, it's like, ooh, I don't think I want to go back. (laughs) Amen. And so this cup represents eternal life and a great reunion someday with those that have gone on before us. Amen. means that we're forgiven for our sins, that we're back in right relationship with God. That we're sons and heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That we're seated with him in the heavenly places in a place of authority. So as we hold this cup, Jesus, we remember that salvation is free, but it did cost. It cost you your life and the suffering and the agonizing on the cross. You took every sin, past, present, and future. You took it upon yourself. We remember it this morning and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, receive. Lord, forgive us for any wrongdoing, any sin in our life. God, help us to overcome it. That's what this cup represents. Overcoming. Being a brand new creature. You can overcome it. Somebody's thinking, but you don't know, Pastor Sally. I can't get over it. Yes, you can. You can get over it. You can overcome. You can conquer it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. We're going to talk about that this morning. All right. Praise the Lord. Can y'all just praise God with me right quick? Amen. Give the people in your household a, a big hug or an elbow. How about the Lord's elbow? The Lord's elbow. How about give me the Lord's elbow? Social distancing. Praise the Lord. Can y'all help me appreciate our worship team this morning? Send a little note that says how much you appreciate the worship team. Yuri, if you'll go ahead and bring the chairs. We are, we are practicing the social distancing. And Pastor Robert, will you take this for me? And then, um, Kenta, would you mind getting my, my book for me right there? Thank you so much. Well, I'm excited about the word this morning. As I was telling you on our way here, there was a terrible thunderstorm. It, there was an awful storm uh, here this morning. And uh, we made it through and made it on here to church. But uh, it was a, a terrible storm, and I'm glad that it's over with now. All right, how's this? So make sure we're close up. I'm asking them to make sure that we're... Um, Close up this morning. Make sure there's not too much room over my head. Jennifer is doing a great job. Thank you, Jennifer. You got it? Okay. There's what? That's okay. That's okay. I'm not going to get up or bounce or anything like that. All right. Well, can y'all help me to appreciate the media team, everybody putting it all together so that we can come to you live um, on... on, uh, 
on our website and on our Acceleration Church app. If you have not downloaded the Acceleration Church app, you want to go ahead and do that. Download that because all things Acceleration are on the Acceleration Church app. You can send us a a praise report. You can send in your prayer requests. And by the way, we pray every morning at 7.30 on our prayer call. We have a prayer call that, that begins at 7.30 every morning. And if you would like to be a part of that prayer call We have people from all over the country that call in usually every morning to be a part of this prayer call. We usually have um, anywhere from 25 to 35 people on the call. And uh, it's just wonderful to get on every morning and start your day with prayer with other believers. And I usually have a word for you um, every morning. I don't know of any other church where you can talk to your pastor every morning. (laughs) But um, that's just something that God put on my heart. And we've been doing this for two and a half, two and a half. Yeah, it'll be three years. Yeah, October of 2018. Are you sure? No, 2017. Yeah, October 2017 was when we started to pray, and we've been praying every morning since then. We we started to do it for only 30 days, but then everybody was like, Pastor, we want to keep doing it. So we've been doing it ever since, and we start our days together here at Acceleration Church. We pray over your prayer requests. We pray over things. Of course, we've been rebuking this COVID-19, and um, we've been praying over things going on. Um, whatever's happening in the earth, we're praying over it and believing God. To change it. How many of you know our prayers make a difference? Tremendous powers release when we release our prayers. The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much. And the, the Amplified says it makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So we'd love for you to join us. Just text XLR8. I'm sure they're going to put that up on the screen. You can text XLR8 to the number 97,000. If you put that up on the, uh, like the whole screen, got it on there? Okay, good. So you can see that text XLR8 to 97,000. You'll get a reminder text every morning that there is a prayer call starting at, uh, the, the, the text comes in at 725. Prayer call starts at 730. But we take your prayer request. Usually takes us to about 745 to get started. But we pray for about 20 or 30 minutes. And, uh, it's an anointed way to start your day. Amen. All right. There's something else I wanted to make everyone aware of. Um, Lauren Thrasher, one of our members, her sister has been missing since last Saturday. Her phone is going straight to voicemail. The people that she's supposed to be with, their phone is going straight to voicemail. And so their uh, family is very concerned. And if you will go to my Facebook page, um, Sally Snow, my Facebook page, if you will go to that page, there is a, a... uh, missing persons poster on there. If you would share it, and especially if you know anybody in the Phoenix area, which was the last area that she was seen, I believe she's 27 years old, and of course their family is very concerned about her. So um, be sure to pray for Lauren and her family and for her sister to be returned safely. Amen. And also, we want you to share a link to this video. When everything is over today, I believe, is that the best way to do it, Kevin, is to... Have them just share the link to this video, or how can they share it? Okay, about 2 o'clock you'll be able to share it. So everybody, don't forget to share it so we can get the word out about Acceleration Church. So um, people who don't have a church or their their church is unable to provide church for them or service for them on Sunday mornings, we want them to be able to um, join us. Amen? Well, if y'all are ready, you know that you can download and print the note sheet um, right there on the home page of accelerationchurch.com, the, the live page, right? Accelerationchurch.com slash live. I believe that is the home page now. But if you, um, if you go to that page, there is a link where you can, um, download the, uh, note sheet. 
print it out at your home if you have a printer, and you should be able to follow along just like we always do when we're in church. Okay, and I apologize this morning, Children's Church. We were so ready to have just a great Children's Church. Rover Comer was going to make his debut, Rover Comer the Faith Dog. And uh, they were all set to do just a great children's church, but of course the power went out. So be sure to have your kids join like, like 30 minutes early, 10 o'clock on next Sunday, so they can be a part of uh, Acceleration, the Blast Zone. We call it the Blast Zone, Building Lives Anointed to Stand Tomorrow, Blast. So uh, we're still working on our children's church, getting it built out. We had some more sheetrock go up this week, so... Um, we're super excited about that. When the kids come back, if they'll participate in children's church, when they come back to church and they're able to go into the blast zone, they're going to get what we call blast bucks. So they can spend them in our blast buck store and be rewarded. God, you know that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we're teaching our kids that God is a rewarder. Amen. All right. Well, let's get started. If you would, you can just lift your hand. If you don't have a note sheet or if you have your Bible right there with you, just lift it up and make this declaration. Say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I'm becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. And I'm becoming everything every hater ever said I couldn't be. Amen. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, well, let's get started. Um, this morning, um, I really felt um, like, you know, I, w- I wanted to start a series on family right after Easter. But I really felt like this week that I needed to, to direct things in a different direction. Because at the beginning of the year, I've said this over and over, and I just think it's so important because it set the stage for this year that God said that this would be the year of his manifested glory. And we know that because there's trouble in the land, the stage is set for God to, to manifest himself and manifest his glory. I wouldn't be surprised at all if this pandemic goes away exactly like we said it would. Amen. That it would be quickly abated and it would go back as quickly as it came and that God would get the glory for that. Amen. Healings in the hospital. I believe there are going to be testimonies all over of what God has done. So the year of God's manifested glory, that this would be the year of plenty, plenty in 2020. I'm so glad that I didn't not say that because it sounded so cliche. I felt like, man, This just sounds dumb. Everybody in the world is going to say plenty, plenty in 2020. You know, I've barely seen anybody fight. I think a couple people put plenty in 20. But um, God said double portion, plenty, plenty in 2020. And so I went ahead and and declared it and and began to um, challenge our members to become tithers in manifestation. Because when you're a tither and you're a giver, there's a grace that comes on your life. To receive. He said, try me now and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing. You will not have room enough to receive it. He didn't say, unless there's a pandemic. He said that the tither's grace would work right through whatever you go through. He said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Amen. So you you have the right to, to call the devourer rebuked because God said he would rebuke him himself. Amen. So plenty, plenty in 2020, manifested glory. And then God said, as I was leaving my prayer closet, I was opening the doors, getting ready to come out. And the spirit of God said, trust the anointing. 
and I didn't have any idea what was going to happen, that I would have to trust the anointing, that I'm looking at a cell phone right now, but I'm talking to people and trust that the anointing that God has poured out here, that God has poured out, comes right into where you are. Amen. So that we're not separated one bit, only physically, but in the spirit we are still connected. We're still anointed together. We're still together in one body. Amen. So I thought this that, that today I would talk about trusting the anointing. So let's look at it. Let's look at the anointing and see what it is, because that's kind of a churchy word. It's not a word that you really hear out anywhere else. It's a churchy word. So what does anointing mean? What is that all about? Let's look at it. Number one, the anointing. And number one, our first blank is this. We're anointed to live a more than basic, ordinary life. God did not call you to be ordinary. He did not call you to be status quo. But he called you to be anointed in your life and live a life that's pleasing to him. A life that glorifies him. A life where he has space to move in and let his light shine. And so we're, we're supposed to live a more than basic life. And not an ordinary life, but a life that's full of supernatural power. Amen. We're not supposed to just live a regular life, but a life that's filled with an anointed supernatural power in, in our, our everyday life. Colossians 2.8. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. So there's this basic world that will cheat you out um, through philosophy, empty deceit, uh, tradition of men, and basic principles of the Lord. We live according to Christ. When you look at that word Christ, what does that word Christ mean? Christ means the anointed one. It could also be broke down to just say Christ means the anointed. It means the anointing. And so if we're Christians, then that means that we're called the anointed ones. If Christ is the anointed one, then we are the anointed ones. That's a good place to say amen right there. So we're Christians, and Christians are the anointed ones. So there's an anointing on our life. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and me. So we are the anointed ones. And so if we're going to trust, let's look what the word trust means. If we're going to trust the anointing, and we'll look at the, the definition of an anointing in just a moment, but to trust means a firm belief. In the re- the reliability. So, uh, I'm sorry, a firm belief in the reliability. So we firmly believe that God is reliable and that this anointing that we live in is reliable. Amen. Truth. It means ability. Trust means the strength of someone or something. It means confidence. It means sureness. Amen. So the anointing, let's look at what the anointing means. The the word anointing in, in the, the Hebrew and in the Greek there, it means contact. It means to smear or rub with oil, to consecrate to an office or service, to consecrate. To be anointed means that you've been consecrated to a certain office. And, and it's just wonderful that God has anointed us with different anointings. We all have the basic anointing of God just as believers, but he's, he's anointed us with different anointings like uh, to sing. Or to serve. Or like Susan with the children's ministry. It's it's so clear that she's anointed to do that. There's a grace on her life that I don't have. <laughs> but she has to minister to children. And that's just that's just a blessing. And on um, like the praise team. Pastor Robert and Kim and, and uh, Courtney and um, uh, Tamar. They, they sing 
because they're anointed. When they get up, it's not like you or I. They get up and they're anointed to do that. God has put something on their life and has, has anointed them to do a certain thing. So they're consecrated to that office and to that surface. So it means God on flesh doing things that flesh cannot do. Woo, that's good. It means God doing through people like us what we couldn't do on our own. It means the power of God. The anointing is the blessing of God. The ability of God. The favor of God. It's the wisdom of God. It means to be appointed and consecrated and set apart. And it's a special endowment. The anointing is a special endowment. Some people are good with numbers. Just beat me. Just, just, just beat me up. I, I, I don't do numbers. It is, it's just, it's terrible. But give me a pencil and a piece of paper and let me draw something creative and I flourish. I just, my genius emerges when it's something having to do with creativity or decorating or painting or, or something like that. But, um, when it comes to numbers, but some people are good at numbers. It's what they do. So my husband Murray, he's a good at numbers. He's a savant when it comes to math and that type of thing. It's just a gifting that God has given him and has blessed him in his life because of it. It means to be consecrated, to set apart for a special anointing, a special ability, a special endowment, supernatural power of God on the life of a believer. Amen. So number two, in the Old Testament times, people were anointed for specific purpose. So in the Old Testament, it was for a specific time, for a specific thing, for a specific person, for a specific purpose. Certain people, the Holy Spirit would rest. You read where the Holy Spirit would rest on certain people at certain times. It wasn't like it is now where the Holy Spirit is on all of us. Amen. We're all anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. So kings and prophets in the the Old Testament were anointed to be king or anointed to be a prophet. They would pour the oil, the horn of oil, which means authority and power. They They would pour it on the head of the person who was being anointed for a certain office. So kings and prophets were anointed. It was for a specific purpose. Purpose. Look at 1 Kings 19, 16. It says, and you shall anoint. God's talking to Elijah, telling him who he's going to anoint. He says, and also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. So he was told to go and anoint these two men to be one to be a prophet and one to be the king. So that's how they did it in the old te- the old testament. And there's a difference when you appoint someone than when you anoint someone. Because when you appoint someone, they've just been given an office or a position. But when you anoint someone, there's power that goes along with it. So you've been appointed to a position in the earth as a king and a priest. Every child of God, we're, we're called to be kings and priests in the earth. You've been appointed that, but you've also been anointed that. God has put a power on you. And see, I think the sad thing is, is that most people go along not knowing that they have a power and a grace on their life to overcome. A grace that, that uh, does more than just to overcome. It causes you to, to be more than a conqueror. It causes you to be a blessing in the earth. So you've not just been appointed for these things, but there's a power and a grace from God that goes along with it. The Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Today I hope you get the knowledge that God has anointed you for this season, for this time. He placed you here and he put a power and a grace on your life to go through a pandemic. He couldn't place you here and not give you the power to go through it. 
And not just to go through it, but to be victorious. To, to find some sort of a blessing or some sort of goodness. Something's going to come out of this thing where I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to another level. I'm going to see things I couldn't see while I was not in a pandemic. While I wasn't sequestered at home. There's some things you couldn't see then because you were blinded by the right now. But right now you got all the time in the world to meditate day and night. And as you meditate, there's a power to meditate. There's a power to dream. And there's a power for that dream on your life to come to pass. Amen. So you've got power to see at levels you couldn't see before. So I'm not looking at going under. I'm not looking at going out of business. Listen, you. I was encouraging my friend Lisa Blackman. I hope she's watching. Lisa Blackman Roach is her name. I, I was encouraging her yesterday. Girl, she was she was making all these wonderful little cakes and goodies and quiche. I'm like, I need the recipe to that. To that. And she has a shop called Southern Vibe. Shout out for my friend, Southern Vibe. But but uh, I thought, how great would it be if you added that to your shop? She goes, I'd really like to have a food truck. I said, girl, I bet you can get a food truck cheap during this time. Once you start to meditate on it day and night, then God opens your eyes to see food truck stuff everywhere. You begin to notice things you didn't notice before. So now's a good time to dream, a good time. Don't, don't be scared. Don't be sitting in the corner worrying and being in fear about how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to get to the next level? That's what you ought to be thinking about then you don't have to worry about dispelling fear fear is so far behind me it can't catch up it can't catch up to me because i'm so far in my future looking at good things looking at the good things god has on his mind for me amen so more than food truck i mean you could you just you just dream because he's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all i could ask thing dreamer may we have anything else to do during this time might as well dream might as well meditate amen hallelujah so Hallelujah. So we have the power and the ability to fulfill his purpose during this time. Jeremiah was anointed a prophet. And look what God said to him. He was anointed and appointed from before the foundations of the earth. Jeremiah 1, 5, before, excuse me, I formed you in the womb. I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. And I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And then as God himself was calling him into the ministry, it says that God himself touched his tongue and touched his mouth and anointed him. He said, I'm just a youth. Don't say I'm just a youth. All these things that come up and say, but there's a pandemic. So what? God says, don't say that you're going down. Don't say you're going under. Don't, don't, don't give, give it over in, in, into your mouth. But declare, God says, don't say I'm just a youth, for I've appointed you, I've anointed you, I put you in the earth for such a time as this, Jeremiah. So I want to encourage you today for such a time as this. God God has put you here. And he put the power on your life to do more than make it through, but to help others make it through too. Amen. So uh, then David was a, a anointed king. First Samuel 16, 13. It says, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. When I think about this, I just think, my God. You know, when David said, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies, this is what he was talking about. How God had prepared the table. You know, they had prepared the feast, but Samuel said, we'll not sit down until David gets here because he'd already looked at all the other brothers. And God said, nope, not any of them. Do you have any more? They didn't even think David was worth being called to the anointing party. But he was the very one that God had, had decided, this is the man after my own heart. And he anointed him in the presence of his brothers. (laughs) Oh my gosh. They had to sit back and watch the glory of God on his life. And he poured the anointing oil. Look what it says. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David 
from that day forward. So the oil is symbolic of the spirit of the Lord. Do you hear me? The oil, when you anoint with oil, right now, when you anoint your house with oil for this pandemic, 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 I can't even say it now. Pandemic. When you anoint your house with oil to, for their, the Psalm 91 protection over your life, it's, it's symbolic of the Holy Spirit himself. The third person of the Trinity, God himself, is there to protect you. Amen. So the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So oil is symbolic of the Spirit of the Lord. When you anoint with oil for healing, it's symbolic of the presence of God, the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. So David was anointed. He was anointed to lead Israel in victory. So let's look at some of the things that happened to David once he was anointed. Number three, the anointing makes you bold. There's a boldness that comes on your life when you've been anointed with the Holy Spirit, when you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. David was not afraid of Goliath while the rest of Israel was hiding in a ditch. David said, what in the world is going on here? What? Why are y'all hiding in a ditch? You're... What are you doing? He couldn't even understand it because of the boldness that was on him because of the anointing. First Samuel 17, 26, it says, who does he think he is anyway? Talking about the giant. Who does he think he is anyway? This uncircumcised Philistine because the circumcision me- meant that they were the people of God. And so, uh, who does this guy think he is? He's not, he's not part of the people of God. Who in the world does this uncircumcised Philistine think that he is? Taunt, taunting the armies of God alive. The living God. How does he have the nerve to stand there and taunt the armies of the living God? Mm. Think about it. There was a boldness that came upon him. And then he just talked to him like a dog. He said, I'm getting ready to come cut your head off. And I'm going to feed it to the birds of the air. And your body, I'm going to feed it to the beasts of the field. And not only you, because Goliath had already told me, already scared, tried to scare David by saying, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cut your head off and feed it. And so David took it a step further. He said, I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to feed it to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And not only that, all the, the, the Philistines in the whole army, I'm going to feed all their dead carcasses to the beasts of the field. He just talked to them like they weren't nothing because he knew he was anointed. Something happened to David. He was different when the anointing and the power of God came on him. He was not afraid. He knew who he was in God. There was a tangible anointing on him. And that's what happens to us when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We're baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm anointed to not be afraid. I'm anointed to stand against God's enemies. I'm anointed to see it a different way. Isn't it wonderful that David saw it a different way? Hallelujah. And so the anointing makes you bold. And then number four, the anointing gives you the wisdom of God. While everybody else was thinking about hand-to-hand combat, you can't... In fact, Saul tried to put his armor on David because David said, Look, I can go against this Philistine. I'm not afraid of him. I took out a lion. I took out a bear. I'm not afraid of it. So Saul put his armor on him. And Saul was a big, tall man. And David was, was a young a youth. He was young. And he was he was small. And so he put it on and he said, I, I can't walk in this. I can't fight in this. I haven't tested it. He said, but I know what I have tested. And that's this thing I got called a slingshot. He said, I got some wisdom y'all don't have. While I was out there uh, feeding the sheep in the field and taking care of my father's flock, God showed me some things about how to use a missile. Y'all are thinking hand-to-hand combat, but I know something about a missile. God has given me the wisdom to put a rock in a rag, spin it, and I can, I can hit the target every time. So God, the wisdom of God rested on David to know how to use a slingshot. First Samuel seventeen four. he says, Then he took his staff in his hand, 
And he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Can you even imagine it? But he knew that the anointing to defeat Goliath was on him. He knew that he was anointed. So he drew near to him with no fear. And so, look, number five, the anointing causes the supernatural power of God to be released. It wasn't just a rock he was throwing at any other time. This, this was all on the line. God's glory was on the line. God's name was on the line. Finally, somebody stepped up to this giant. After many days, he came to, 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 to um, just embarrass the armies of God. Finally, somebody stepped up. Knowing that the supernatural power of God, David knew that he was anointed. He went up with such, such, um, boldness and such a lack of fear, such a confidence, knowing that he was gonna win. Look at 1 Samuel 17, 46. Listen to what he said. He said, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. That's boldness right there. The Lord will deliver you into my hand. You know, we ought to look at the coronavirus giant like that. This day you are going, you are not going to affect me today. You will not affect my job. You will not affect my paycheck. You will not affect what I'm able to receive from God. This day the Lord will, will deliver you into my hand. Verse 47, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Verse 49, then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead. Hallelujah. And then the Philistine was out, was, was out unconscious. He had knocked him out. And so David went over knowing that he was anointed. He did exactly what he said he would do. And not only did he defeat Goliath, but I don't know how we missed this, that he chased off the entire Philistine army. The entire Philistine army, he slaughtered them all. When he came back in, the girls started singing. Saul's killed his thousands and David's killed his ten thousands. <laughs> so they began to, you know, nobody else got the glory there but God. God got the glory. They knew David was anointed. And look what David said in ninety-two uh, Psalm 92.10. I've been anointed with fresh oil. David said, I'm not afraid because I've been anointed. I've been anointed with fresh oil. And then in Psalm 23, 5, he said, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Hallelujah. So through the anointing, we're empowered to live this supernatural life. You know, it was a defining moment for David. It was a defining moment. What are you going to do? You're anointed. But until a defining moment presents itself, it's just an anointing that you're not really using. Come on, y'all. This is an opportunity. This is a defining moment for the anointing to be, to be seen upon our lives. If we'll step up like David, if we'll step up with the courage of the confidence of David, this is the, this is the time, the day, the season, the hour. This is the defining moment. This is what we've been praying for. This is what we've been looking for. We didn't know it looked like this. But this is what we've been hoping for, for the glory of God to manifest. It was the defining Moment. And so this is our defining moment. We're anointed to be victorious in this situation. We're the anointed ones to call and to pray and into this and declare it. We'll have whatsoever we say. We have the, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. We bind it, we loose it, and it's done. Amen. We, we just have to say it. And we see that David said it before he ever did it. He declared it before he ever stepped up to do it. So we need to declare what we want rather than what we see. Amen. So it's time to trust that we're anointed for this, that we're chosen for this, that we have wisdom for this. Amen. So number six, 
The Holy Spirit anointing is available to the church. The Holy Spirit anointing. Now, when you get saved, you you have an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The representative of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, moves into your heart and into your life. But there's a whole other level of the Holy Spirit that comes upon you at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But the Holy Spirit anointing, this same anointing that God is telling us to trust, that it comes upon the church. It's a right of the church. Jesus told us to wait for it. But look here, in Luke four eighteen through 19, Jesus had this anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Luke four eighteen through 19, because he has what? Anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Through what? Through the anointing. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Verse 19, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, or the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. We have the right to say this is the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. We didn't know what 2020 was going to look like, but God did. Amen. Acts 10.38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with what? So with the anointing comes power. Dunamis, the Bible calls it dunamis, wonder-working power. Miraculous, wonder-working power. It says that God, God, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So, so Jesus sent the very same anointing, the very same power to us. He said, greater work shall you do because I'm going to the Father. And we're going to see how we, they started doing greater works almost right away. So he sent the same power to us. Look, look at Luke twenty four forty nine. This is what Jesus was telling the disciples that he told them to, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said, wait, don't go until you're endued or till you've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Luke 24, verse 49. It says, what comes next is very important. I'm sending what my father promised to you. So stay here in the city until he arrives. Until you're equipped with power from on high. So there's a power from on high that we're supposed to operate in. Every single day, there's a power from on high that we're supposed to operate in. He leads us and guides us not only through his word, but but through the moment-by-moment presence of the Holy Spirit. Who tells you, don't go this way. Don't go that way. Slow down. Do this right now. Call this person right now. Check on this person. Send a text to that. You know, he's talking to us all the time. So it's power from on high that we're supposed to operate in. Amen and amen. All right, number seven. Whoo, this is good. It's getting ready to get good. Tell everybody in the room it's about to get good. Number seven. The anointing is tangible. First blank is tangible. The anointing is tangible. When you get around somebody anointed or somebody who's operating under the anointing, nobody has to tell you that's what's happening. You sense it. You know it. It's tangible. When the anointing and the power and the presence of God comes in, like when we were worshiping at the end this morning, we began to sing Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, the anointing. I know you felt it where you were. We felt it here. The anointing, the power of God came in. The presence of God came in. So it's tangible. The anointing is tangible. The next blank is it's touchable. It's touchable. And it's transferable. The anointing is tangible, touchable.
untouchable and it's transferable. The anointing is, is released through touch. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll touch. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So it's, it's touchable. Is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. church. Let him anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. So the anointing with oil, it's touchable. It's touchable. The anointing with oil, when they lay hands on you and touch you with the anointing oil, it says that the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. Powers released. It's touchable and it is transferable. When you lay hands on someone or something, it's transferable. First John 2.27, it says, As for you, the anointing you receive from Him remains in you. We receive it from God and uh, it remains in us. Second Timothy 1.6, listen to this. It says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through what? The laying on of my hands. In other words, Timothy, when when I laid my hands on you, there was a transfer. There was an anointing that came from my life to your life, from my hands into your life. So there was an anointing. There is an anointing that is transferable by the laying on of hands. Amen. It's transferable. I used to, um, on our website, I used to... um, have a little salvation video that I would pray the prayer of salvation. I would pray with you for membership. And then there was another video that was a video to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then there was another video so that you could receive healing. And I would simply put my hand up and I said, just put your hand on the screen where my hand is. Now if you do that on your phone, it'll pause or whatever. So you guys, it's kind of tricky. But if you've got it on your, on your television screen, you know, when I put my hand up, you put your hand on the screen. There's a transfer of anointing that happens. And I used to do that and I would get people sending me messages all the time. I received the Holy Spirit when I touched your hand on the video. It was amazing. I received healing when I touched your hand. It was, there was a transferable, touchable anointing that happened when I did that. It was just my way of a point of contact for faith, the laying on of hands. It's a point of contact for your faith to to happen and to work. So this anointing is transferable. You can lay hands on someone to receive the Holy Spirit. Lay hands on someone for for an anointing to go forth. Now let's talk about it. Let's talk about how um, it was transferable in Scripture. Jesus laid his hands on the blind man. He laid his hands on people with the um, uh, with leprosy, and leprosy left him. He laid his hands on dead people, and they got up. He would lay his hands on people. Sometimes he would just speak a word, and they would be healed just by the word that was spoken for. But many times it was through the laying on of hands. The same thing happened with the disciples. And Jesus said, greater work shall you do because I go to the Father. So the the anointing is tangible, touchable, and transferable. With Paul, it was handkerchiefs that were brought from his body, prayer cloths. When this pandemic started, we gave everybody a prayer cloth. If you need a prayer cloth, you can come by the church anytime. Um, Check with Yuri to make sure that he's here. If you don't have Yuri's number, text me and I'll give you Yuri's number. My number is going to appear on the screen. They're going to put my phone number on the screen so you can always uh, contact me and I'll tell you how you you can contact Yuri to make sure that he's here so that you can get in. You can come and pray 
pray in the altar. There's an anointing here at this altar. I believe when you come and kneel down and pray, I believe the tangible, touchable anointing of God will come on you here at this altar. But we have prayer cloths if you need one. Why do we do prayer cloths? Because of this scripture right here, Acts 19, 11 through 12. It says, now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. So the anointing went on the cloth. Did y'all hear me? There was power, supernatural power and anointing that went on the cloth from Paul's body. When someone else received it, the same power came and, and healed their bodies and demonic spirits left them. Greater works, Jesus said, because I go to my father. He didn't need to touch, just take an apron from his body. And then Peter's shadow. People got healed just from being. The anointing was on Peter's shadow. Acts five fourteen through 16. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. I like to pray that over our church. Amen. That believers are increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. Verse 15. So that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. And verse 16 says, and they were all healed. Wow. That's amazing. That Peter's shadow, you know, the same spirit that was on Peter is on us. We know that he was one of the 12 apostles, founding members of the church. One of, you know, Jesus' homeboys that hung out with him, that went with him everywhere, day and night, lived with him for three and a half years. But the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelt in Peter, dwelt in Paul. That same spirit dwells in us. That same power is on our lives. Hallelujah. And then... There was the hem of Jesus' garment. You know, a woman with an issue of blood. She said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, she she knew that there would be an anointing and a power on his garment because it was touching him. She knew that if she just touched it, she could be healed. And look at Matthew 9, 20. It says, and suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment and she was healed. Virtue flowed out of him. Virtue flowed out of him. He stopped. It stopped Jesus in his tracks. And he said, somebody touch me. Peter said, everybody's touching you. There's a crowd around you, Jesus. He said, no, I perceive that virtue flowed out of me because she touched the fabric that he was wearing. Amen. So there's a tangible, uh, transferable, touchable anointing that is on our lives. Amen. So then there's also Elisha's bones. Now, Elisha served Elijah Uh, For many years, he served Elijah, the man of God, the prophet of God. But then um, when Elijah uh, was going up, Elisha asked for a double portion of his anointing. He said, I asked for a double portion of the spirit that is on you to come on me. Elijah said, you ask a hard thing. But he said, if you see me when I go up, you'll have what you petitioned, what you've asked for. And so... Um, He saw it and he received the anointing of Elijah in a double portion. Elisha did double the amount of miracles and things that Elijah did. And so Elisha took the the mantle of of Elijah and he slapped the water and he said, where's the God of Elijah? And the water parted and he, he started his journey with the water parting in front of him. So when Elisha died and they buried him in a tomb, there years later, his bones are there in this tomb. And, uh, 
Listen to what happens. They were getting ready to bury a man and suddenly there came a, 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 a fight. There was a band of raiders coming in. So they hurried up and they threw him into the, the cave there where Elisha was buried. And they just, th- they just threw the dead man in, lowered him in onto Elisha's bones. Look what happened. Second Kings 13, 21. So it was as they were burying a man that suddenly they spied a band of raiders and they put the man in the tomb of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood on his feet. There was such an anointing on Elisha's bones that Elisha once lived in that body, that the anointing was on that body, that there was a tangible, touchable, transferable anointing that caused a man to be raised from the dead just because he touched the man's bones. I'm telling you, there's a power and an anointing on your life that God wants us to trust in this season and trust in this time. He put us here on purpose to be chosen, to be a part of what's going on in the earth. He wants to use you. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth, we talk about him a lot because um, he did such um, great miracles. But really, there's no more greater anointing on Smith Wigglesworth than there is on us. The same spirit that was on Smith is on us. We got it. Amen. That same spirit is on us. But he stayed at a woman's home while he was preaching in a certain city and town there in England. And while he was there, you know, they didn't have hotels like they have these days. You know, so you would stay as a minister, you would stay in the in the p- people's home. Somebody would open their home and, and host you for the time that you were there. So he stayed in this w- certain woman's home and she she said, please... Brother, would you uh, pray for my husband? He said he's a, he's an unbeliever. He doesn't believe in God. I've been praying for him forever. Would you please pray with, agree with me and pray with me and pray for my husband? Would you lay your hands on him and pray for him? He said, yes, I will. But when the man was getting ready to leave after, after Smith Wigglesworth had been there, he, uh, Smith Wigglesworth was leaving. He was, he had an appointment to get on to the next church in the next place where he was going to be ministering and he had not had an opportunity to, um, pray for the man and lay his hands on the man. And uh, so Smith Wigglesworth told the woman, she said, oh, my God, you, di- you didn't pray for him. He said, listen, don't wash the sheets that I slept on. That sounds kind of nasty. But there was an anointing on the sheets because Smith Wigglesworth was anointed and his body slept on those sheets. He, he, she said, he said, don't wash the sheets, but let him sleep on the sheets that I, that I slept on. Do you know the man got saved the next day? The man was convicted of his sins. And what could not happen in the natural, what could not happen any other way, the anointing destroyed the yoke of bondage of his unbelief. The anointing, the anointing, there was an anointing on him that was tangible, touchable, and transferable. Hallelujah. And then I read a story about John G. Lake, who was over in Africa somewhere praying for the sick. They don't have hospitals over there during that time like they do now or, or like we have here in the United States and medicine and everything is available to them so easily and so quickly. They had to really believe God for, for the miraculous to happen in their lives. So John G. Lake had a great healing anointing on his life. He was over there praying. He prayed for so many who were sick and manifestations of healing were happening left and right. People were getting healed. They were they were coming in one way and leaving another. I'm not talking about, oh, yeah, I think I feel better. Yeah, my shoulder feel better. No, I'm talking about people who couldn't walk got up and walked. People with limbs that weren't there grew out. I'm talking about mighty, miraculous wonders and signs were happening. And uh, people were, were, were experiencing that. So he stood up and prayed for people so long till he couldn't stand up anymore. He began to hold on to a post that I believe was in a tent that he was in there. He held on to a, a post so 
that he could hold himself up to continue praying for people. And when he could not stand up anymore, he said, I'm going home and I'm going to get some rest. But if people were still waiting in line to be healed, he said, if you'll just come and touch this post, you'll be healed. And do you know for the, the, for hours, the mighty miracles of God continue to go on because of the anointing that was on the post. Because the man of God had, had been holding on to the post because the, the anointing is tangible. It's transferable. And it is touchable. Amen. Number eight. The anointing can be generational. It can be generational. There was an anointing of faith on Timothy's life. Um, and that was also on his mother and on his grandmother. There was an anointing for faith. Some people have an anointing for faith. And uh, Timothy had that, had that anointing. Second Timothy 1.5, it says, When I call to remembrance, this is Paul talking to Timothy, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, it dwelt there. That's an interesting way to put it, isn't it? That dwelt there. The Holy Spirit dwells in us, doesn't he? It dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I'm persuaded is in you also. Because why? He said, I laid hands on you. I laid my hands on you. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that it's there because I know there was a transfer when I laid my hands on you. So I'm persuaded that it's in you also. Amen. And we see that, you know, a lot of times in families, there's like a Levitical anointing. There's like a pastoral anointing, a fivefold ministry anointing. It kind of flows through families. It's kind of like it goes from one family, you know, down one generation down to the next. You'll see a, uh, the grandfather was a pastor. The father was a pastor. The son is a pastor. And then his son, the grandchild, becomes a pastor, a great-grandchild. You can see that it goes in lineage like that. Or it can be like me. There ain't a pastor nowhere in my family. Not anywhere. I don't think there was. I guess if I look back in my the history of my family, um, there were some. Um, but uh, I think I had one great uncle. Yes, Uncle Faye. My Uncle Faye was studying to be a priest, but he couldn't be a priest because his mother had been divorced. So he had the desire to be a priest. But anyway... Um, there's an anointing on families and on, on, uh, you know, like, uh, Kim and Courtney, like Kim has the anointing to sing and to lead worship and, and her daughter Courtney also sings on the praise team. They both have, you can see that they both have that anointing. It is not regular. It's not regular. It's not just like, you know, they just like to sing. They're anointed to lead praise and worship, to, to lead it. So there's an anointing there in that family that, that, uh, and it'll probably go down to grandbaby too. I know she likes to dance. Grandbaby's here with them today too. <laughs> so, so it can be generational. The anointing can be generational. Amen. All right. So number nine, an anointing. In fact, you could put a great anointing has been promised for our day. It's been promised. Number nine, verse uh, number nine, an anointing has been promised for our day, a great anointing. Joel 2, 28 through 29, it says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit or my anointing on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Now, I have heard that there are many people who are having prophetic dreams, who are having dreams during this time. Pay attention to your dreams that you're dreaming right now because I believe it's it's part of the end time 
um, anointing that's been promised to us, the Spirit of God. Amen. That he, the pouring out of the, the Spirit and the anointing of God on all flesh. I heard a, about a little boy who dreamed that he, he had, he, and he told his mother about this dream and he had no idea what the symbolism of these things were in the dream. He dreamed that there was a big green plant that had wrapped its tentacles around the entire earth and it was squeezing the earth. And this green plant had a crown on top of its head. And he said all of the sudden that while this plant was squeezing, squeezing the earth, all of the sudden, he said on April the 30th, all of the sudden on April the 30th, God caused him to know the date was April the 30th that there was... Um, uh, it was an animal that was the head of a lion and the body of a lamb. He said, Mama, it just came and began to roar at that, at that, uh, green plant and that green plant just died and let go of the earth. He did not know the, the truths that he saw there in that dream, but he told his parents, do you know that Corona means crown? And this plant had a crown on its head. That was squeezing the life out of the earth. It had a crown on its head. And, and, and the lion of the tribe of Judah. How many of you know that's worship? That's praise. And before, you know, I think this is a time that we ought to worship more than we do anything. That we ought to praise really more than we pray. That we're, that we're worshiping God because the lion of the tribe of Judah, anytime there was a battle, they'd say, send Judah first. Send Judah first. And so when we send praise out, it causes the tide of the battle to change. So I believe the head of that lion represents the lion of the tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah means praise and that means the people of God. You know, when we, when we go down on our knees, we go low so that we can go high. When we begin to worship God for who He is. Hallelujah. As we call, we declare that He is a deliverer. He is the Messiah. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. We begin to declare that and begin to worship him for who he is. He says the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. Because we know who he is. I believe that as we worship and the power of the blood of the Lamb with, through, the, through the blood of the Lamb and through the word of our testimony we will overcome this. I believe that Jesus is about to roar. Amen. And this is over with. That this Corona thing is over with. And he said April 30th. He had no idea what people are even saying on the news. That people are beginning to even kind of say that they, the president is hinting towards that. I'm not making any prophetic predictions. I'm just the, the news, the, the delivery boy, girl. I'm just telling you what I heard and, and how this thing kind of all fits together. Amen. Amen. There's, there's going to come an end to this. Hallelujah. The lion of the tribe of Judah. It's time to roar, y'all. And I think we roar when we begin to praise. Amen. So I think we should be as bold as, uh, as Elisha and ask for a double portion. Amen. I think we ought to be like Elisha and ask for a double portion during this time. I believe it'll be poured out, you know, that, that to the degree that we hunger and thirst, we'll receive, right? Is it blessed are you when you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Amen. So because because you you shall be filled. Glory to God. Second Kings two nine it says, and so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. You're not gonna bankrupt God if you ask for a double portion. You cannot bankrupt God. You cannot ask bigger than He's able to deliver. 
Hallelujah. So ask big for this time. So let's look at number two, which is going to be really quick. Anointed for the defining moment. This is a defining moment. We have to, we have to recognize this for what it is. This is not a time to be scared or afraid, but this is a time to look for the opportunity of God in this situation. That this is a time where we're being tested, but it is a time for us to, to, to burst out onto the, onto the horizon with anointing, with the power of God. So number one, this is a defining moment when righteous commitments are being tested. You're, and, and so it's time to trust the anointing. Your righteous commitments. In a time like this, the devil will come and cause you to, tr- to doubt what God said. How can we be going through this if God is still on the throne? Let me assure you, God is still on the throne. There, he will always be on the throne. No one will ever kick him off the throne. He, he, he will never not be in charge. Amen. So... <clears throat> So this is a defining moment where our righteous commitments are being tested. You know, to make sure that we stay united as a church. It'd be easy to just say, well, you know, I'll just watch later. It's important that we watch together at this time and we stay united together. It's important that we stay committed to one another and committed to to God and the things of God. Committed to prayer. That we, I noticed this week that some people that have been, uh, uh, committed to pray on the prayer call, that some of them slip back and, and, and haven't been calling in and getting on the line every day. So look, don't let that slip. This is no time to let your commitment slip. This is the time, this is the defining moment to say, I, to show that I am committed to the things of God. Not just when things are good. But when things like this are going on, I say things are still good. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Things are still good. So when our commitments are being tested, Esther 414, you know, Esther's commitments were being tested when um, the the royal decree went out saying that the Jews were going to all be killed. And she could have kept quiet and and not let anybody know that she was a Jew because she hadn't told anybody that she was a Jew. But she but but her commitment to her people was being tested at that time. Our commitments to God were being tested as a child of God. It was being, it was being tested. And so Mordecai came and told her, he said, look, don't you think that you're going to escape in that, in that palace? Don't, don't get it twisted, young lady. Don't let your commis, your commitments fail right now because we're being tested. Now's the time to stand up. He said, he said, look, uh, in Esther 4.14, it says, Yet who knows whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Who knows? I believe we've all come to the kingdom and into the kingdom of God for such a time as this. It's no accident that we are here. God put an anointing on us for such a time as this. So you got to say, I'm going to continue to tithe. I'm going to continue to give offerings. I'm going to continue to trust God with my finances. God will see you through it. Amen. He'll cause you to have favor. With your boss. He'll cause you to have favor for a new job. People who have been laid off or have been, 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 um, uh, what's that word? You've been laid off? Furloughed. Been furloughed. You'll be, I declare I'll be the first one that they call back and until then God is gonna make sure that I get a stimulus check, that I get the favor of God, that unexpected resources are coming into my hands. I'm a tither and a giver. That means there's a supernatural anointing on my life to prosper right through every situation. Amen. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, God is able, because we're tithers and givers, God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, look, all circumstances, that means in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of being furloughed, in the middle of whatever your situation is, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency 
in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him, and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. That's the grace of God that is on our lives right through this entire situation. Amen. Because we remain committed to God. This is a test. It's only a test. Amen. But we com- we continue to stay committed. Number two, a life that's built on the solid rock will pass the test of a defining moment. Trust the anointing. I trust that I've built my life on the word. I trust that I've been diligent to dig deep and to build my life, my my house on a solid foundation of his word. And I trust that whatever comes, whatever comes my way, my life and my house is going to stand. My family is going to stand. Amen. Matthew 7, 25, it says, and the rain descended. This was a, this was a defining moment for how this house was built. It was a defining moment and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. So neither will we. We will not founder. We will not, we will not fall because we have founded our life. We have founded our house. We've, we've founded who we are on the rock of God, the rock of His Word. So there's an anointing on our life that will cause us to stand while others fall all around us. Amen. We can expect that. You, you ought to say this right now. Say, I, I shall, not shall not be moved. Be moved. Say it all. Say, I shall not be moved. Amen. First John 2.20 says, but you have been anointed. Uh, you have been anointed by. You hold a sacred appointment from and you have been given an unction uh, from the Holy One. And you all uh, and you all know the truth for, you know, all things. So you've been anointed. You have a, you hold a sacred appointment. That's so wonderful right there. You hold a sacred appointment from, and you've been given an unction from the Holy One, and you know the truth, and you know all things. Psalm 1829, uh, David said, By this anointing that I have on me, for by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. 1 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power, the anointing may be of God, and not of us. Colossians 1.27. It says to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Which is Christ in you the hope of glory. Christ is the anointing. So you could say it like this. Which is the anointing in you the hope of glory. Amen. So that's the riches of the, the glory of this mystery. This, it's, it's a mystery and it's glorious. Christ in me, the hope of glory, the anointing that comes on me. Christ in me, the hope of glory, does mean my ticket is punched for heaven. It means that while I'm here, there's a power, a grace, an anointing on my life to, um, to do amazing things, not to just be ordinary. We're the anointed ones of God. Philippians 4.13, I can do all three, all things through what? Through Christ, that means the anointing that is upon me. I can do all things through Christ, the anointing that strengthens me. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated, you might as well say in the anointing of Christ Jesus, recreated in the anointing, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths with uh, which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Amen. Isaiah 10, 27 says, And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Amen. And that there's, there's yokes of... 
of uh, bondage, yokes of depression, yokes of anxiety. There's yokes of, of uh, addiction, all types of yokes that, that are on people. Oppression, that's on people. But the anointing of God that we carry as believers destroys every yoke. Every yoke that anyone could be experiencing. There's a power on our lives to break the yoke. He put it on us. He he trusted us in these earthen vessels. These f- vessels that are flawed, that are marred. <laughs> he, he, he chooses us. I know we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. But He still chose you. There's some people that are thinking, well, this is only for the five-fold ministry, for the pastors, the apostles, the, the, the uh, prophets, the teachers, the evangelists. No, this is for you. Why owe you? The anointing is for you. For everyday life. To not live an ordinary life, but a, but a, a, a super ordinary life. An extraordinary life. This anointing. That, that he has on our lives is that, that we would do the greater works that Jesus said we would do. That all during this pandemic, that this is an opportunity. This is a defining moment. We're anointed. It's time to show it. It's not a time to procrastinate. It's not a time to put things off. It's not a time to have bad habits. It's a time to break out of everything. I don't want to go back to the status quo. All right. I don't want to go back to, to everything being like it was. I want to, I want to come out of this thing with a power. I want to come out of this thing with a realization. I want to come out of this with God being manifest in a way that He could not have been manifested otherwise. Amen. I want to make the devil pay for this. I want to make him pay for this. For every person that he took out. For every person who was sick. For every family member that worried while their loved ones, or is worrying today while their loved one is in the hospital. I want to make him pay for that. Amen. That's why we need to to make sure that we go and tell it, that we share the love of Christ, that we share the truth of salvation. You know, we have such an opportunity through social media to to share our story, to just share what God has done in your life. For me, it was at the age of 31. You know, you might think, wow, that's kind of late to get to the game. But hey, God's done a mighty work in this last 26 years of my life. I'm 57 now. But at the age of 31, I knelt down in my closet and I threw my hands in the air and I said, I'm through running. I'm through running. Maybe there's some of you out there now and you're running from God. You've been running from God. I know I ran from God for many years. I knew that God had his hand on my life. I knew that, that, that I knew even from the time I was a teenager that God had something special for me. I didn't know how to get there. But I knew that there was something special, but I ran from him for, for a long time. And maybe you're running from him. Maybe you haven't completely surrendered. Listen. When I threw my hands up in the air that day, I was truly through with everything other than God. Anything that, that, you know, we try all kinds of stuff to fill that hole and that gap that's in our heart that's only meant for Him. And so at the age of 31, when I said that, let me tell you, my life became so radically changed when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit moved into my life like I had never experienced before a new wisdom a new worship the anointing of god came on my life for life first and then to be a minister it 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 it, it's just sort of unfolded over the years as i've continued to walk with him and maybe that's you today you'd say you know i haven't really ever given god everything i've never said god take my life you can have it i give it to you it's yours now and really he has a right to own it 
He has a right to own it. He has a right to tell us what to do. Because he gave his life for us. Your life, you were purchased, bought back and redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. So he has the right to tell us what to do. He has the right to be king and Lord over our lives. But let me tell you, when I did that, my life has just become something I never dreamed that it could be. And God wants to use your life. There's an anointing that, that, that is on your life. There are gifts and talents you haven't even discovered yet. But I tell you, they're in there. And God wants you to discover them. He wants you to, to realize. If y'all can still hear me, if it just emptied in the house, it came back. Is it because I'm sitting on it? <laughs> Amen. Well, maybe that's you. And so I want to pray with you this morning. I want to pray that you, that you'll come to the place. You know, I believe that you can't just play a, pray a prayer because I tell you to repeat it. If something doesn't happen in your heart, if repentance doesn't take place and you turn your back on that old life, I don't, I don't know that there really is salvation. What do y'all think? No? Where there's no repentance, I don't, I don't think there can be salvation. You gotta turn from that old life and that old way of living and you gotta really turn and trust Him. Trust Him with all your heart. And you have to decide, I'm not gonna lean on my own understanding anymore, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna acknowledge Him in my whole life. He, He's, He's the head now. He's the one who's in charge. And I'm telling you, your life will, will go to a place it's, it's not about religion, but it's about this relationship that you have with him that's real and organic and the anointing that's on your life to not only prosper, to not only make it through this pandemic, but God has real purpose in there that's meant for other people, to help other people. There's some things you've been through. Oh, listen to me. There's some things you've been through that God is going to turn around that the devil meant for your harm, other people may have hurt you and meant to hurt you. God is going to turn it around and use it as an opportunity for you to help other people, for them to see that you made it through and that because you made it through, they can make it through too. Amen. Amen. And so I want to pray with you. Something really has to happen in your heart. You have to say, you know, I'm not right with God today, Pastor Sal. You'd have to say, I'm Honestly, I'm not right with God, but I want to be right with God. Would you pray for me? I'm going to pray for you that you could be born again, that you could receive the forgiveness that's available through the blood of Christ, that you could become a child of God, that you could know Him, that you could hear His voice. That's, it's about a relationship, not about religion and, and, and being good enough. We could never be good enough, ever, ever. All of our righteousness is filthy rags. But the righteousness of God comes on your life when you accept the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. So I'm going to help you pray that prayer right now. So if you would, just bow your heads and close your eyes and just repeat this prayer after me. Just say this. Say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up sometimes on purpose. And sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins and for doing things my own way. I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I throw my hands up and I say, I give. I give up. I give you my life. I give you my heart. 
Everything I am, everything I have, I give it to you. Lead me, guide me, teach me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer, something just happened on the inside of you. You just became born again. You're a person that you've never been before. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. All your sins have been forgiven. And your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You are a child of God. And now there's some things that you need to do. Now that you've become a brand new, born again uh, child of God, there's some things you need to do. And uh, one of those things is that you want to be baptized. And so as soon as possible, you want to fill out the, uh, the, the there's a, a button on our app, the Acceleration Church app that says baptism. You want to fill that out so that you can be baptized. We'll get you baptized as soon as this thing is over with. We'll get you baptized. Amen. And then um, you need to begin to pray and read the word of God. You need to be a member of a church. And this is a good church. There are other churches, but there are none greater than Acceleration Church. So you can become a member of Acceleration. Fill, go on the Acceleration Church app and fill out the the um, the button there where it says um, to do what you need to do to in order to in order to be a member of Acceleration. You fill it out, you sign it, and uh, we'll send you a certificate in the mail so that you can be a member of Acceleration Church. You need to be a member of a church, a body of Christ, where where there's give and take. You you give and take. From one another. We're all part of his body. And uh, you need to be a part of that. And so um, those are some things that you need to do right away. And then you want to begin to serve God with your gifts and talents. You need to learn the word of God. 